past 50 years have seen dynamic shifts in societal attitudes toward female autonomy, divorce, reproductive rights, and the very definition of marriage. Along with it, more and more people are making the conscious choice to live their lives child-free. We're here to unpack the complexities of this life choice and say the things that we can't say anywhere else. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of... Not just... Sleeping In. I'm Tiger. And I'm Lee, and each week we gather in our secret child-free compounds and discuss all the things that are pretty crucial about this life choice that we've made this week for babies. Many folks choose to live a child-free life, also have a deep connection to their domesticated pets. Some even refer to them as their children or their babies. Um, For every child-free person uh, in a cat mom t-shirt, there's plenty, pointing at myself, that don't have any pets at all. Uh, how does pet ownership factor into a child-free life? Oh my God, so spicy! People get Tiger, crazy about their pets, dude. It's gonna get real. We've talked about so many things on this show. This one's gonna get the gloves are off. God damn it! Uh, but first, <laughs> but first, let's let's do some take care of some business. Tiger, yes. How late you sleep in this week? 10 a.m. All right. Yeah. A nice, respectable morning. Mm-hmm. Weekend, midweek? It was a weekend. It was a weekend. It wasn't anything sure. special. Um, some post-fall festivity. Sure. Okay, who am I kidding? I had too many hot toddies. <laughs> you had too many hot toddies? Yeah, well, my northern Illinois is showing. Just came right out. I love it. <laughs> Anytime, look, I have a... a I struggle endlessly with the um, wavering um, eldritch conundrum that is the mid-Atlantic accent. Um, See also the Baltimore or Delaware accent or the Philly accent. Um, But I love when your Northern Illinois accent pokes out. And I'm sure mine does at unexpected moments uh, from time to time. I love an an accent. Sure. Sure. That's been the greatest it's, thing moving to the South is the sort of wide variety of oh regional accents. Endless. And, and like micro-regional accents. Like, let's let's be profoundly honest. literally a suburb just south of here. It's not even a suburb. It's like this little town off of the pike um, here yeah. in Tennessee. And there's such a particular way of speaking. And I love when people get going because it's really fast. But it's yeah. like this – it's just such a clipped little drawl. And I – I love it. Like, I can't put my finger on what it is, but it is music to my ears. <laughs> Delightful. Um, yeah, I think those of us, particularly anyone that had dreams of being in entertainment at all, did our level best to tamp that shit down. Um, but it's funny when I get tired. One or two cocktails. Oh, boy. It's a, it's a hot mess. It's a hot random mess <laughs> of, like, spin the wheel of accents that are coming out of Lee. Um, yeah, ten fifteen. So you win the race, but no. only barely. Um, no, you do. Stand- You're 15 minutes later than me. Homie. Later, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Depend on. It's like my partner and I. It's always like uh, when we're talking about the temperature uh, of our lovely loft. It's always like, um, can you turn the AC up or down? And it's always, at some point, we've just taken to saying, "Would you like it warmer in here?" Because turning the AC up. Like it's it's a whole it's are we flying a jet plane? Who knows? Um, anyway, yeah, pretty standard. You know, same thing. Weekend, 
trying to make the best of it, even if that just means like ordering some good food, having some drinks, and watching one extra movie before you pass out on the couch. But ten fifteen's not bad. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good. But enough. But you know what, Tiger? Enough of this shit. All right. Let's dig in. Let's get into it. I don't know. I'm getting, I'm being very dramatic. I apologize. It's so funny because um, you have referenced this on more episodes. Then, talk about it. Yeah, we we finally have to bite the bullet. And what's really funny is, as as Lee mentioned, I am the pet owner, the pet enthusiast. Um, I I have a lot of animals. Um, but yeah, talk to yeah. talk to me about this. Like, I, all right, why are so, you so f- like? What's the deal? <laughs> well, I think it, it bears dis- it it bears discussion. Only because there is an, an almost uh, uh, there's weird universal commonalities um, about uh, the conscious choice of deciding to be child free in your life. Um, a lot of variances, of course. You got queer, straight, gender, coupled, uncoupled, whatever. But there there seems to be this like commonality that that rallies us all together in this shared life experience. And weirdly, I found one of the biggest, like, quirky little variances that will pop up in child-free spaces uh, around the idea of pets and kind of the pets in your lives. And I don't know. It's because it's it's a very funny mix of a lot of different things. Like, um, you know, a lot of us grew up having pets. Some of us didn't. How did we get into it? But it, it, it what for me kind of falls into is um this idea that fundamentally part of the decision to to be child free is the desire explicit or implicit to not really care physically mentally and emotionally about raising offspring right that's definitely it's part of it okay it's part of it it. (laughs) it's part of it it's not all of it but it's part of it and then there's this interesting idea that pops up where all of a sudden then you're just like, but I am also going to care for these tiny little things, these little fur babies. And it's just, it stratifies, it immediately puts us at odds with each other in a very interesting way. It's like we're, we're finding this wonderful new community of people that are like lived communal life experience. And then all of a sudden it's, it's the, the thing that I have noticed in, as I've reached out more that like all of a sudden like we're looking at each other and like daggers are drawn and you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a very interesting thing. And so Lee and I want, cause you're my, you're my, before we dive you're my ringer. This, okay. Before we, yeah. I was going to say, before we dive into this, did you have that experience yeah. with me? It's no, cause I think I, I think I knew your pets. Um, more, I mean, weirdly, to like way behind the curtain, we met, um, really met, like really our f- our first big conversation, and I love the lore of this, um, <laughs> as it pertains to the history of the podcast. We met, um, we met and had our first real honest to god conversation over a baby. Yes, like there was literally a baby I was holding it. <laughs> yes, in between. So. Us. In the legend, in the legend of the not just sleeping in podcast, the fact that Tiger and Lee met over a child that was neither of ours, obviously, 
um, I think just needs to be uh, eulogized and uh, it's kind of hilarious. I, I'm, I'm real, I didn't even think about that, but yes. I'm, I'm realizing it in real time. I, I am. And we, we went down the checklist and I won't, I won't say I, I did not cast an immediate judgment because again, I feel like I had seen your dog at other social functions. It's hard to miss. Little bit, little bit. Big dog. Um, but like <laughs> we were just running down the checklist. You know what I mean? Like child free, go. Like former queer. Yeah, queer, former evangelical weirdos. Into movies, into stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, we were just checking boxes. And then and, we, and it was just like fast, like quick bonding. And then you were just like menagerie of pets. And I was like, okay. And, <laughs> like, and on and top just... of that, I spent, <laughs> I, at the time especially, I was spending hours a week volunteering as well at an animal shelter. Yeah. Um, and I was like, also cool. Very <laughs> neat. Um, like, um, but it was, it definitely, um, it didn't. It, like, you know what I mean? It didn't cool me off because, again, it was a miracle and a wonderful addition to my life uh, to have someone that I could kind of openly converse about this stuff with. Um, but it definitely was that one last, like, it was the one unchecked box. It's why we and always was, hang out at your place and not at mine. Yeah. <laughs> a little. Sure. <laughs> Look, there's a lot of black goth clothes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And you know, and a lot of hair. A, um, a profound amount of hair. It's it's my best accessory. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I Let's let's get into this. Like, into so beyond, like, you and I. I see. I see this. And again, I love please, this. Like, this is. I want to. This. <laughs> let the flame war begin <laughs> on the not just sleeping in Facebook page. I'm ready. Um, I see this because I've thought a lot about it. And again, I, I love how, again, you're our ringer. You're my kind of inside person to make sure that I'm not insane. Um, but again, all life, all lived life experience is valid. Putting that out there. Um, but you've very uh, amusingly to me have said, all right, Tiger, you, I mean, all right, Lee, you run with this, buddy. You, 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 you let me know what you're thinking and, and I'll chime in. And I said, all right. So here's how I see it. Um, there are, there is an identity, a sub, a subclass, if you will, to put a D and D parlance on this whole thing of child free people, um, who acknowledge or really relish the idea of like parent of animal parenthood, like the cat, there's a real cat mom category, not to, and again, like that gets mixed up. We're going to unpack that too. Um, but just like, these are my tiny babies and I love them and they mean everything to me. And then there's kind of a middle group, right? Which I think, and you can speak for yourself, but I think this is maybe where you fall. Oh yeah. Where you're like, I have, uh, I have pets. I love my pets dearly. Um, but of course they're not children because I do not want that. And I have a different separate framework for my relationship with them. And again, that doesn't necessarily, it's not a value judgment on the, the, the relationship. There's still good and bad within that category. But you're like, these are my friends and companions, but they're in no way my children. And we'll kind of be very specific to address that. 
and then I think there's then there's me um, and my partner and other people that we've talked to who, you know, pretty much kind of see a, a, a very through line of just like, I don't want to pick up the poop of anything that's not me or my partner. And we find the internal consistency there. Like that, that makes sense to us, but like also, but we're also not uncaring, heartless monsters not at all. in the same way that like, we are all kind of, you know, get out the torches and pitchforks whenever we announce to a birthday party of people that we're not having children. We all get that look. We find this odd, like, again, in the sub community that we've created for ourselves, when all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm really happy with my taxidermy. We get that same look. Have I ever given kind you of that like, look? Because I've tried not to. I don't, because I don't care. I'd rather people not own pets than own them if they they're don't not want them. Like them. Which, yeah. Which to me is like, that's what we say about parents and children all the time. Mm -hmm. That like part of the reason that we advocate for people making a conscious decision about parenthood and living the, and really evaluating the benefits of child-free existence is like, if you don't want it, don't do it. But then all of a sudden when like the pet thing comes up, it's like, all of those walls come down and it's, it's like this weird little micro. Yeah. So it's interesting. And I didn't, and, and to answer your question, uh, tiger, I don't think you ever have no more than like the kind of the gentle, um, you know, um, platonic ribbing that is a part of our, um, our relationship. I don't think, but it's, but it's never, but you can tell the difference when someone's just like har harring a yeah, little bit. I'm, I love your collection. I love your, what do you guys, the, the post-life animal sanctuary. I yes, love the... that. It has inspired me. And your, <laughs> your collection of carnivorous plants has also like, sure. You know, I, I get that. You guys inspired yeah. me to, to become a pitcher plant enthusiast. There you and go. And I have taxidermied Look, natural... some of my menagerie as it's left this mortal coil. It's a great way to <laughs> it's a great way to keep them around if you really that attached to them. And those plants will scoop up all those tiny little weird bugs. You know, like the really tiny little yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm not a monster, but Tiger, I can see the internet comments. Let's talk about the weirdos. Let's talk about the No, I'm just kidding, they're not weirdos. It's completely valid. And I, and again, I want to make a point. I want to let, like let's get into so well, can I, I'll start, okay, let's, you've yeah. kind of explained your point of view, right? Sure. And like where you're at, yeah. like you don't want to take care of something. And I think that's yeah. perfectly, like that is a hundred percent, like as we've said, it's all valid. And I totally, yeah. like there's a, a, a great logic there, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, you guys don't want to take care of something. Um, and for me, I, um, it's not about taking care of. I just really like animals. Like I'm at my, sure. I'm at my best when I'm surrounded by nature and animals mostly animals and even when i don't have pets i am literally like the queen of plush toys shaped like animals yeah uh <laughs> look there's a non there's non-zero amount of plush toys in the loft mostly oh, mine yeah um and we've we talked about a, this in the childish things episode like i of course i am at my best when i am surrounded by cute animals and yeah. um the living ones are no exception like i've always i've always loved them but um, they're very distinctly not children for me. Um, yeah. I very much value the relationships that I'm able to form with animals. And I actually think like one of the things my super 
bougie trainer for my dog said that I've really taken to heart is that we need to respect our animals for who they are and not try to anthropomorphize, anthropomorphize, anthropomorphize. Anthropomorphize. That sounds right. That sounds good. Okay. I buy it. Them. (laughs) We need not to peopleize them. Is my point. Don't pe- <laughs> don't peopleize don't peopleize the puppers is what you're saying. Yes, or the or the cats or the birds or the whatever in your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so let's and again we again at some point there will be a part two and we will have some sort of bird dad uh, lizard dads and cat moms it'll be called and we'll have them come and, and speak for themselves. But that first kind of big category, and it's funny because I feel like it's tied to a couple of things in kind of the very brief but interesting history of kind of the child-free identity. But well, we'll get into that. Let's, yeah. Um, but if you just if you so if you just Google cat mom, just Google it right now, unless you're driving, um, and just look at the T-shirts and the mugs and the sweaters. And the blanket, the weighted blankets, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's an identity. And sure, there's there's a tongue-in-cheek quality to it, right? I mean, there's also Wine Moms, which is a whole other thing. But That's yikes. an episode in and of itself called Childhood yikes. is Hell that uh, I'm orchestrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, so a little tongue-in-cheek, but some folks take it real seriously. And it's funny, just kind of looking about this stuff, as, as, as I've tried to dig in and... You know, again, educate myself because I think we're all valid members of this community and I think everybody's feelings need to be heard and listened to, particularly because we're so often dismissed out of hand. Um, Gabrielle Moss has a wonderful 2016 uh, Bustle article, literally entitled, Please Don't Tell Me My Pets Are Not My Children. Like, that is, I look it up. I think it very well. I'll make sure as I knew kind of where you were coming notes. from. <laughs> yeah. Um, where whereas I needed someone's voice, I needed someone's um, lived experience. Again, I like there are things I can empathize to. Again, I am not a monster, um, but um, I get it. You form a deep bond with this thing. And again, I had pets in my life growing up. You know, there was uh, both good and bad: cats, dogs, a bunch of dead hamsters. You know what I mean? Like, ever watch a hamster get cancer? Like, here's the thing: like. You know, when you have like when you have a hamster die of cancer about three months after your grandfather has died of cancer, it kind of affects how you feel about the whole thing. A number of fish, I started naming them colors as a child because uh, the the imagination was not always placed in the right place. And we went, we just started numbering them like like bad sauce equals. You know, we got to like colors six or some point. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, I understand deep emotional bonds. Um, you care for it. It gives you sucker and attention. You know, I, I get it, but I don't know. Um, just deep, important emotional bonds with animals and a lot of interaction, maybe when there's not a lot of other socialized interaction. Um, and so I really started to think about it because I don't want to dismiss these folks out of hand. I don't want to make fun of them. It's really funny because I feel like in the, in, as we've broadened the idea of a child-free identity, I feel like the 
weirdly, the crazy cat lady, the woman in the woods and her menagerie of familiars is kind of one of these first kind of cultural ideas that really bubbles out as that person. Like, you know? if you don't have this, then you compensate with this. This. Kind of thing. Yeah. And I understand that I think a lot of this stuff is a reaction, right? It's a way to both find empathetic groundwork. Because, again, uh, in, in Gabrielle Moss's article, she she kind of points out, like, look, I was just at my job and someone brought up like their kid's sick and they're trying to just like unload some shit about how bad they feel that their kids got the flu. And my own experience with my dog had some health issues and I just tried to, human to human, bridge that gap and say, I get it. There's this thing I care for too. It gets sick. It can't always communicate what's wrong. It brought me a lot of distress, too. I hear you. I see you. And it was really a plea to not have them automatically just be discounted in their attempts to not automatically just be distanced from the social group. Yeah. And I think that's... I think it's important. I think that's a valid... And I think people who treat their animals like children who, who do that, like, I think that that's totally okay too like if that's your family and if that's the familial relationship you want to create that's that's fine that is totally fine like i've yeah i've recently been seeing a lot of plant mom hashtags and i love like i love this idea that anything could be a child if you love it enough like it's very not and i'm not being dismissive like i think that's wonderful that people can have that much love for another living thing in whatever form um 100% look and we'll get, you know, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but like, and then again, it's a shitty and indisp- like, I'm trying to, to take all the, the bite and snark out of my voice, but like, I'm perfectly happy to have conversations and form emotional attachments with some, like if it's battery powered and it doesn't poop, like it can come sit on my lap and I'll pet it and I'll feel great. Um, so I understand the need. I understand the importance tiger. And again, as um, an owner of cats and a professed witch. Where do you think this like crazy cat woman, witch of the woods, like where do you, where do you think the stigma came from? Like, where do you think the, the kind of automatic, this is a sad person. This is a person we stay away from. This is a person we find suspect in a variety of ways. Where do you think that all kind of I'm not totally bubbles out? I don't know. I'd love to like research more into like that particular stereotype because you know some anthropologist yeah. has done a wonderful work on it. But sure. I think at the end of the day it comes down to the fact that um cats are difficult to form relationships with. They're they're very right. particular. They're very um yeah, they're just very particular and they're very strange. Um, They have a wide variety of personalities and they're often unpredictable. And I think people have often feared the same thing about women (laughs) who are perhaps too independent. Um, You know, because women in the same way we say like, you know, smile, you'll you'll be prettier. Like women don't owe you that. And um, cats express autonomy in the same way. Like I'm sitting Mm. here next to my cat right now and I could reach down and pet her and I'm not sure she'll swat me or allow me to pet her. I mean, she'll probably allow me to pet her because she's the the nice one. But um, (laughs) but it's like there's a, a quirkiness 
for, yeah. I mean, not to cutify it too much, but like, I think that there's some relation there. Right. Um, I also think, I don't know. It's, yeah, I think it's, that's the long and short of it is cats have a yeah. particular autonomy. Um, yeah. That I think and people it, associate with difficult women. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, you know, I, I, I really do think that there's this, still this stigma, right, around deviating from the life script. Um, and I think that it's a way to, as someone is like, well, I'm filling that hole with something that I prefer, that I find a little bit more manageable, you yeah. know. What I find fascinating, um, too, is when people assign that to me. Um right. Oh, like, that's your kid, right? Yeah. Like, you didn't have a kid, but you had a big hole in your heart you had to fill. Yeah, as you mentioned, I have a very large dog. She's very prominent, and I take her everywhere that I can with me. Not, I'm not one of those weirdos that, like, forces her into a target. It's just that if a place is dog-friendly, I like to bring her along. She's she's fun, and it's often a good conversation starter with people who are like-minded. Um, and to your credit, you're a profoundly good um, pet owner, and it's a profoundly well-behaved animal. I really appreciate so. that because I've done a lot of training with her. But it's yeah. really funny because people like I I call my pets my babies and stuff at home because there's a shorthand. Like we don't have a super nuanced way of describing like a very close bond with a pet, right? Yeah. Um, and, and baby is just kind of a convenient shorthand, but they're um, they're fully matured animals. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're older than I am in many respects. Um, but it's really funny because people want to make that, they assign that role to my husband and I as like, oh, we're pet parents. And it's like, well, no, she's like my best friend. You know, like sure. it's, I, I have a very loving and I, my relationship with my dog is profound. It is, she is, aside from my husband, truly the being that I love the most in this world, you know, like, right. and we yeah like i know and and i know some people don't get that but she's not my my kid like she's not gonna grow up and leave me like we we're kind of interdependent and right and that relationship's not gonna change other than some like some rearing some training once it's established yeah it's like we're we're buddies and like i'm the it's an imbalanced relationship like but that's okay too. Like I have a lot of successful, healthy, imbalanced relationships in my life, right? Like there's right. people that I've worked for that I'm close to, and that power's ne- that dynamic's never going to be the same. And there's people that have worked for me in various capacities that I think very highly of, and right. we don't. I mean, what it comes down to is like we don't have a shorthand for how to describe these relationships, so we resort to family because we consider family important. Right. Yeah. It's it's funny. Like you know, we've talked a lot about this um, in the past. So because I think that so the important distinction for as you look at the cat mom T-shirt and you look at me dusting off my skeletal cat. Um, who we love to just chime in on social media whenever someone's like, show me your little babies. And I'm just like, here's my skeleton cat. And I everyone gets a little weirded cat. out. <laughs> Bacaneco is a sweet little, sweet little, sweet little boy. Um, but um, so you draw the big distinction in the 
the anthropomorphization of the relationship that you have with your animals. And I think that's interesting. I think it's because like domestication as an idea is also kind of interesting. And I think that it's just enough in our ancestral past that like we don't, we're now doing it. It's it's not like a lot of times we've taken the work function away from these animals. Right. And it's interesting then, I mean, service animals, whole other thing. We'll get there in a little bit, but like, you know, we started with dogs and wolves and pack animals and kind of things we were going to eat, things we were going to use to move things for us. And so you have to have an amiable relationship with that because it's got to do something for you, right? And so... Well, and what's fascinating about dogs and cats in particular... I, I'm like, I really get into this as um, yeah, there are some people, there's, um, there was a really fabulous article or a really fabulous issue of Scientific American that actually talked about the domestication of our pets. And what's really fascinating with dogs is they kind of willfully, I don't want to say they chose to be domesticated, but the ones that weren't good hunters are the ones that came to live among us because it was an easy way for food and their noses helped us hunt. So yeah, there's a functionality there and it's a dual sort of it's always been a give and take relationship. And yeah. with cats, it's actually fascinating because they're not fully domesticated. I mean, they are, but right. a cat can go feral within a generation or two, you know, like a cat right. line. And it just all, it all strips itself away oh, without the immediate bonding. Yeah. And it's really fascinating the way that they operate because it it has just always been they live close to humans because it's convenient and cats are Machiavellian in their entire existence. (laughs) Right. But yeah, so so it's, it's always been a functional relationship. Yeah. And you know, and I, I, I appreciate your, your parlance and, and your kind of deafness when describing this stuff, because again, the more cynical among my squad be them. And the funny thing is this is also will maybe track to folks that don't like pets, but maybe have kids, you know what I mean? Where we're just like that thing. Here's the one that I'm sure you hate to hear. And the, the pet mom, you know, the pet dads, the dog dads and the cat moms, um, gender's a construct, fuck all that shit. Um, will really balk at is like, that animal's only there because you feed it and would eat your face when you died. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the... Yeah, and I think it's more nuanced than that. Sure. Um, I, especially with especially with the dogs. Um, I mean, yeah. the dog will still eat my face when I die, but she right. will first try to make sure that I don't die. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cats are kind of... Um, faithless but (laughs) but they also like it's so funny though because then there are like cats have like a vocal range and they actually do respond and communicate with people in a way where you can kind of have like they respond to inflections in your voice so it's really easy to it it, it, like even if it's just a feeling and if it's just in my head there is a relationship there um and you know, particularly as I've had to like strike out living on my own, being able to have something respond when I inflect my voice in a question is really nice. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. And they all respond Just... when I'm crying or when I'm really happy, you know? Right. There's a, a, a response level there. Yeah. Um, which is, it needs to be kind of acknowledged. And I think that there's, 
it's so interesting because it's, it's just it's about nuance you know it's about respect um both for the ability and emotional intelligence of the creatures in question i mean your fish who knows but like um and i'm sure there's look like exotic fish owners get in the comments let's let's hear from you i'm please, ready to um please yeah I'm fascinated yeah um <laughs> But at the same time, I think there's also, I think, the importance and the distinction necessarily between what it sounds like between you and uh, the pet parents is the idea that you know at some point, like, the dog's not going to write a screenplay and ask you to read it. You know what I mean? Like, there is an outside edge of that and that it's your duty as the owner in, like, a shifted power dynamic to like not over anticipate or over expect things from the animal that it is just not capable of comprehending or giving you. Yeah. It's like you said, like it makes me, it makes me feel good when you say she's well behaved, not because she's a good or a bad dog. She is a dog who is going to behave how she does, but because I've worked with her enough that she knows how to behave around humans, you know? And it's like, it's more my skill than hers in that instance. Sure. <laughs> and and that's okay. Like, that's perfectly all right. Like, I, I know her personality and whatever, but I don't expect... But that's because we live together. I don't... Yeah. Like, I don't know. I want people to like her because I like her in the same way that, you know, you want me to watch wrestling because you like it, <laughs> you know, true. because it's like it's a part of my life that I think is cool and you're cool and let's talk about cool things. Let's share it. Let's talk yeah. about it. And and it's okay that you don't. And and in fact, it makes a lot of sense because, again, like working on the other side of that volunteering and animal rescue, I've seen a lot of people who are following a life script get a dog because it's cute or looks nice in photos or because they think it's going to be easier than it is. And then it just ends up in a shelter, you know. And yeah. I mean, here's here's kind of my last thing about it, and it's it's very funny to me, again because, um, and again, like, th- look, there's a lot of folks that are in kind of the fence sitter community, and again, welcome, come in, be part of the conversation, um, and I, but I feel like there's this funny thing with pets, where it's like we're now really picking apart the responsibilities and the conscious decision around childbirth and child care and do I want this and is it a good idea and do I have the emotional capacity to it do I have the financial capacity to it and it's funny to me because there's this weird slip that happens sometimes with pets where people just fucking end up with them somehow like at some point like it, we all heard like the oops baby like oh yeah my I, whatever we thought my parents thought they were done and then I came along but like the oops pet owner to me is a fan I feel like every girlfriend okay, half the roommates me, I had growing tell me up these stories because this is absolutely fascinating to me <laughs> I mean the the big and short of it in like the 20 something in LA version of this always kind of went a little something like this we lived in a house um, we had a couple roommates cause you kind of have to, one of the roommates had a pet, either the pet from home, bought a pet, thought it was a good idea. Um, either like, you know, I lived with a couple, the couple broke up, one of them fucked off, left the pet, you know, roommate of mine got a job out of town was like, I can't take my fucking cat. 
jumped on a plane, left the cat. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, I feel like I've heard it enough and it's been enough in my life as like a bystander and as like a partner of people where I was just like, it always kind of shocked me because, you know, grew up in a big family. We had a lot of pets, but it was always a big, like it was a conversation and a, what kind of pet do you want? And like my parents, I think saw it as a way to give us responsibilities, which I kind of hated. Um, that's that's its own. Yeah. That's which we're going to, we're going to dive into that in just a little bit, but like, um, (laughs) it'll be good for the kids to have these pets around. And then at some point, we move out, we're on our own, in whatever capacity that's in, paired off, single, polycule, whatever. And the, and at some point, these animals, like, appear. And it's to me, it's always crazy because, like, I mean, I understand growing up in the country, there was just, like, a box full of kittens somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, well, them two cats are out fucking in the barn, and now I got eight of these things. Do you want two? And I'm like, I don't know if I want one, but, like, it's just, it's a mystery like nothing made more sense to my young mind staying home homesick when like, you know, Barb Barker was just like, have your pets fucking spayed and neutered. Cause I'm like, where do all these goddamn animals come from? So I don't know. I don't know tiger. How it's such a big deal. And I feel like these animals fall out of the sky into people's laps sometimes. And I don't understand it. It's insane to me. It's maddening. Um, I, I like, I, I rage about it. Like, I, uh... Be more responsible. Spay new to your pets. If you're going to care for something, like commit to caring for it. Um, If you're going to adopt a pet with a partner, have a plan for who gets that animal. Don't split custody. It leads to confusion, bad training, and bad behavior. Um, I I don't care how much you love them. Like, have a plan. Yeah, I 100% and I feel bad about this. I'm so judgy. Like, I'm sorry. This is the one thing I will get at you at you for. Like, this is I will judge you. I'm sorry. Like, I want to say this is a judgment free zone. And it like in the sense that all life choices are valid. Sure. But like, you're just confusing that animal. They can't they don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely felt like a real asshole a couple times during lockdown when uh, a random kind of, you know, and again, younger, maybe fence sitter friend of mine would just be like, I think I want a dog. It was like three months into lockdown. They're just like, should I get a dog? Like a big, like a giant dog. I want to get a dog. And then like, thank God, like in our community of friends, the comments were almost universally like, let's have a think about this. Like, let's not, for the good of the, you know, for the good of yourself, for the good of the animal, like, is this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I don't know, but again, yes, I, I, someone's screaming into their microphone right now, someone is just in their car, just yelling at their, and I, I, I would love, help me understand, but again, I think it's very, for me, it's very intellectually consistent, like, understand your capacity or your desire, really, to care for something. Yes. And act accordingly. Yeah. And understand what that something is. Like, I I love my animals, and they are part of my family, but I love them because they are not children. That distinction yeah. is invaluable <laughs> to me. And I don't mind the shorthand sure. of, like, you know, calling them my baby. Like, you know, I'll pick up my cat and be like, who's my little fat baby? But, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> you uh, love to do it. I do, because she's very cute. But it's also, like, I understand on a more intellectual level, that is not the relationship we have. Um, yeah. And, and I, yeah, understand what that, I think for me, understanding that relationship and appreciating it for what it is, is why I find so much value in it in my life. And I understand everybody's different. Like, again, everybody wants to care for things in different capacities. And people view friendships and familial relationships differently. So we're all going to have different opinions. But, like, yeah, I also just see so many... I'm very scared of what happens when quarantine ends in the shelter system. And people have to go oh, back God. to work and deal with these consequences. Oh, boy. Yeah. I didn't... I haven't totally wrapped my head around that. And that's... What a bummer. Yeah. So, again, I appreciate it. I Look, you are a shining star, a city on a hill, um, for how I think these things should go down. And I think you've helped me kind of um, soften some of my thoughts and feelings on it. And, again, I think there's so much of this. But it's also okay so- not to soften it. Like, you guys are child-free, and it's... Like, honestly, there is a freedom that comes with not owning pets. Like, I appreciate having the excuse of going to walk my dog. I know some of my friends don't appreciate my excuse. Oh, sure. What you're (laughs) referring to is what I like to call the Garfield Garfield goodbye. Maybe not the best. The Marmaduke goodbye. Uh, I love the Garfield goodbye. (laughs) The Garfield goodbye. Um, Which is 100% when you're at a party, and at this point, like... The parents have fucked off way early. Again, we're all talking about the before times here, right? If you're out, you know, rubbing your grubby uh, pustules on each other, then we have other things to discuss. But, um, you know, you're out at a bar. First thing's like, oh, boy, it's 11 o'clock. And it's like, I got to pay that sitter. Parents fuck off. And then you're like, ha-ha. Maybe we have, like, a brief and shining moment of, like, child-free, like, you know, um, essentially what our endeavors are with this podcast, but IRL. And um, then all of a sudden, someone's like, oh, boy, that dog's not going to walk himself. And then just like promptly uses that as a means to. And for me, it's like, and again, the world needs to be a little bit sugarcoated, particularly when times are tough. But I'm just like, just say you want to go home. Just say you want to go home. I'm fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Yeah. I mean, I was always the one to say I'd want to go home anyway. But it's just a nice, like, it. Again, sometimes people don't just like hearing that you want to go home. There's always that pressure, and it's really nice to alleviate that pressure by saying, hey, right. I'm, honestly, my dog's fine. She's The great thing about a big dog is they're pretty competent. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, well, in, in her case, she's very lazy. She doesn't actually care about walks so much. Sure. <laughs> don't, What's really funny don't is... Don't tell anyone. <laughs> my partner and I will definitely try to throw that one out there in a group of people that we don't that don't know us super well. And just try to get away with a guard feel goodbye. You know what I mean? And just be like, oh, we got to. Yeah. Just like, oh, I got to walk that dog. And then everyone goes, wait. And you're like, ah, you're right. We just want to go sit on the couch. You know, because again, we think that why not just be upfront about it? But yeah, I get it. It just, it always cracks me up because it's just like, again, there's a wanting of certain things to have some of the societal armor, you know, to have some of these protections of the life script and like I got to go home to the kids that's like a 100% pass I might be bummed out about it but like not gonna argue yeah. and the dog I'm just like ah. Oh. and again I don't 
I don't want this animal to suffer. I'm not a I'm not an asshole. But at the same time, I'm like, you all right. Fine. Also, if you didn't um, let your dog out before you left, that's on you, homie. Like Yeah. I, yeah. We So <laughs> Again, things and again, I here's here's kind of one of one of my things, right? About this whole thing is it, I call it the big four. Um, piss, shit, hair, and vomit. Piss, shit, hair, and vomit. When someone's like, but like it sits on your lap and it loves you. And you're like, awesome. Piss, shit, hair, and vomit. Like I have a great, and, and, and this is one of those things that even for me, look, I used to have to, as I was a lifeguard at a state park for a long time, and we were constantly arguing about like who had to clean the restrooms because sometimes the state would cut the budget of the maintenance workers, and all of a sudden, like seventeen-year-old me has got a mop and a bucket, and I'm in like the woman's restroom after like a Labor Day weekend, and you're just like, oh, this is a nightmare. Yeah. This is there is stuff on the walls. I don't know how it happened. So it's like I am not as squeamish as perhaps my partner has a greater aversion to this stuff than I do. But at the same point, I'm not crazy about it. And again, like growing up, I would have, look, I had a cat. I had a cat that loved me growing up, slept on my bed every night, was like the old matron of the house. Amazing. Passed away when I was in college, got replaced by some, a couple little shit bags who like went out of their way to terrorize me. And I think it was because probably, I don't know, because I don't know all the, ends and outs of this but because i would come and go as a college student oh, like exactly i just and come back yeah because they don't understand that you belong there they think you're encroaching right. on their territory right because they're it, animals. Like we had to get to the point where I'm, I'm like mom you got to keep that door to my room shut so there i am get home from college long semester you know probably drove home too tired um all the usual things i open the door to my room after thank god my mom has promised to kind of like keep it a sacred space so I wouldn't have to deal with all these stuff and just like perfect, just giant shit pile, like right where my head goes. And it's just like, cool. And you know, my parents were, I had good, you know, great family and everyone's like, Oh my God. And so it's just like strip the bed that she just made. I slept in the guest room that night. It was a whole thing. So it's like, you know, and it's just, it's always a part of it and not even necessarily the like their bodily waste parts of it, but the smells just around the whole wet dogs, not a fantastically exciting smell uh, for me. Um, A lot of the food, I mean, here's the thing, right? So family full of pets, country, a lot of room. It's like you and your sisters have to feed them and take care of them. And it's like, I guess, but like some certain mornings, you know, the smell of wet dog food or wet cat, wet cat food, like what a nightmare. It's and I just remember nasty. Just, just throwing up before school and like, you know, in, in the shop sink next to where, you know, just cause it's that involuntary, just like, Oh God. And you do that enough times and it just kind of sours you on the idea of like, look, I'm ready. Boston Dynamics, send me a prototype. I'm ready. If it sits in the corner and recharges like my phone and just does not have any waste that is not low-level radiation that's going to irradiate my sperm, which I don't particularly care about anyway, like, I just, it's, there's too much, 
like viscera attached. Have I told you about and my it... Mima's robot cat? Please okay, tell me so... all about your Mima's robot cat. <laughs> my grandma loves cats. <laughs> sure. Um, but she can't have one because she's like older and it's a tripping hazard and it would be like extra rent a month in her like old folks living community but also she's on dialysis so it's like genuinely like not sanitary right for all the reasons you stated but she lives alone and she misses the companionship my aunt found a robot cat that feels very real it responds Mm -hmm. and she can also put it up close to her at night and it purrs and that's really what she was missing was that lovely that sense of a warm body (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's like so much better to listen to than her dialysis machine (laughs) And it's so funny because I've heard you mention the robot animals before. And I know it's very, like, your idea is very different. But I just love this idea that that is a distinct possibility. Because a lot of times people do, they just want that sense of companionship without the emotional investment required of humans. And without the piss and shit and vomit. And it's not like I... Oh, the hair. Don't forget the hair. The hair, sorry. Tiger. (laughs) The hair is definitely a thing. Uh, but yeah, it, look, I'm ready. Whichever company wants to build me a tiny little Lockheed, that's one for my little X-Men nerds, a little tiny little robot dragon that'll come sit on my shoulder and whisper things in my ear, I will pay an insane amount of money for that. But like, until that time, I'm pretty good. I'm good. But like, you know, I like a magical world. I like animals. I like critters. Uh, I love a, I love a dinosaur. You know what I mean? But, like, look, and my house is also full of them. We've got a burgeoning taxidermy collection, the aforementioned post-life animal sanctuary, which I love. I love um, performing pet activities, uh, particularly online, uh, with the not real, like, the not living animals. That always, like, just staging photos. Oh, okay. That's fun. (laughs) Christmas hat, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like... I don't feel, in the same way that I don't feel like I should be excluded from participating in certain facets of society because I don't have a kid, I also want to have that same luxury with uh, pet ownership. And you know what? I am here Much for that, this... 100%. Yeah. Like, I, they don't fight back. You're not, you're Look not who's causing... at the park. Yeah. You know? Please. Look who's at the park. Because um, I will admit we to being will... one of those pet owners who does have a separate Instagram for her animal. Mm-hmm. Um, so not surprised, <laughs> not at all shocked. <laughs> I, yeah, I would. I would say it's a fun writing exercise using a different voice with some kind of consistency. Um, there you go, and a very photo, very photogenic pet as well. Yeah. But I also think, Classic. I think you need to do that with, I, I mean, like if you started an Instagram for the post-life animal sanctuary, I would, yeah, and my dog would follow it. <laughs> oh, sure. And then we would all be uh, not real friends. Uh, you know what I mean? Like fake internet mimic avatar friends. That's all we really want, you know, That's the only the legitimate social circle. But listen, did I recently... Buy a bat costume for my niece's bunny. You better goddamn well believe I did because she's a little October baby and I need her to grow up weird. And also, I'm happy to buy that. That That is, I want the artisan that desired to do it. I mean, pretty much everyone along that chain, I want her to be delighted by it. I got pictures of it. 
on the on the gram. What a delight. I mean, I can't speak for the comfort uh, or feelings of the rabbit because I'm not there, but hopefully it wasn't too damaging to the rabbit. But you know what? Win-win for me and no hair. So, uh, or those weird tiny little pellets. Um, (laughs) And they get, they're everywhere. They're just absolutely everywhere. Um, So I don't, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I I think that where my brain hitches and I think you did, again, a very eloquent job of kind of putting it out there, is just, like, have the relationship with the animal that you're actually having with the animal. Call it what it is. Um, set boundaries. I mean, again, I think setting boundaries is not ever a bad thing. Oftentimes, the, the animal, again, is not going to be able to, like, point it, like, sign a contract with you. You have to kind of figure out how to do that with the animal, and again, thank, like I love a good trainer. I love someone that can speak with authority and insight on these things. Um, yeah, a good but, a good trainer is a game changer. Like it, yeah, I love my dog trainer more. And I think the funny thing is, again, I think some people go into it with like I'm going to get this dog or whatever to like sit and behave. But hopefully, I think the the trainer is also in some ways um, telling you how to have the appropriate relationship and bond and friendship with the animal in question. More th- you know what I mean? That's like, most of training, if we're being honest. Yeah. It's like... More people training. Yeah, than your dog has training. limitations that we can predict because animals operate mostly from a place of instinct. Right. So don't, again, don't anthropomorphize it too much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that is a hard I love word. it. But you know what? I'm, I am profoundly interested in hearing what you have to say. Which type of pet person are you? Is there another type? Is there a type we don't, do you just, because, you know, like, let's, let's dig in. Show us, look, we've we've talked a bunch about it. We want pictures of your fur babies. Or feather babies um, or scale babies. Or scale babies. Uh, Lee, Lee's um, going to look at your scale babies because I have a legitimate phobia. Sure. I'm, I will happily adore the uh, horned crest of whatever toad or lizard that you have under a heat light beneath your anime banner. I am ready. I am ready to love those pets in a way that <laughs> never involves me having to smell them. Um, but yeah, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. Facebook, we're out there. Uh, our favorite, just because it helps us to categorize and really take your your thoughts seriously, is of course our email questions at notjustsleepingin.com. Um, yeah, get in there. I'm I'm re- I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, and again, I'm hoping. I think that the fur ba- fur babies part two is eminent. Um, I think once we get a lot of reactions I'm, uh, from folks. Yeah, I'm always excited to hear. Because, again, it's it's much like much like anything we've talked to talked about in the way we relate to other people, whether it's your intimate relationships or with your family. Like, your pets, you're going to have a very different relationship to animals than either of us do. And, again, yeah. that is all valid. Um yeah, just uh, please be a little kind. <laughs> Listen, 
you can if you if you feel the need to just vent about your roommate's cat pissing on your pants before you go on a date which is something that did happen to me yes um please just direct just put lee in all caps uh no but honestly if you're mean about the animals they can't read but to each other (laughs) yes yeah the animals again to to us like if we feel differently than you it's okay probably and we prob and we guarantee that we will 100 percent um treat your thoughts and feelings um with you know respect and an open mind and an open heart unless you think uh, yeah, dogs nice. are for fighting then we'll have words oh boy yeah there's yeah there's <laughs> look there's some outside that. edges there's some outs there's some look having grown up in the shadow of the baltimore ravens uh don't go there no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> And and profit, we've, we've officially Tiger. been this is uh, this is officially gone on the appropriate amount of time. the appropriate amount of time <laughs> so almost off the rails so until next week i'm tiger and i'm lee <laughs> spread love live your damn truth and of course have, have fun, fun sleeping, sleeping <laughs> until your animal wakes you up because it's hungry uh bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>